Oh, Matt, I'm I'm very confident. I think Australia. I might have made the comment last week that in this at this level, in this format, that you can't stay unbeaten for too long. And England mm. were brought down uh, by South Africa, and you got to feel a bit sorry for South Africa. They only lost one game. Yeah. Narrow loss to Australia. Um, Pakistan haven't been beaten yet. Well, I reckon that's about to come in around a bit over in about 36 hours time, because or less, probably about 30 hours. I think I'm very buoyant about Australia's chances, and I think that New Zealand are a really good chance against England. So. A very warm welcome to the celebratory edition of the Cricket Library Weekly Australia World T20 Champions, Robbie McKinlay. Great to have your company once again, as always. Oh, Matty, great to be back. And this is the sound of... (laughs) That is chest beating in my language. I was going to ask right. you, how hey, good was that? How's your back from all the back slapping as well? Oh, as, you know, <laughs> regulation. Oh, what a performance! Firstly, what a performance and heroics in the semi-final. The semi-final can almost sort of be overlooked, um, but Australia beating Pakistan, phenomenal effort there from Australia yeah. to get the job done in that game. And I, I must admit, on this program. You had raised some concerns about the teams that hadn't lost yet, mm. and mm. You, you felt that uh, every game, uh, probably labouring on how how ahead of the game you were with your your prediction there, Robbie. But uh, a wonderful performance from the Australians, and the final. There were a few little turning points in that game. Kane Williamson getting dropped and then playing. Yep a first-class innings from someone who's not traditionally known as a bit of a T20 explosive kind of player, but he batted brilliantly to set things yeah. up for New Zealand. Uh, the drop catch not not helping Australia's cause there, but the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour, M.R. Marsh. Robbie, I know, I know you took to social media after after that match-winning performance from Mitch Marsh, uh, your your views on that performance from from Mitchell Marsh in, in a, a really clutch moment in his career? Well, first off, I'm going to give you another slap on the back because <laughs> you you were very buoyant about you thought Mitch Marsh may play a role. Yeah. In my word, did he play a role? He came out to hit the first ball for six, and that was absolutely fantastic. But you know what, Matty, I... The, thing, the funny thing about it is, I think New Zealand leads the way with the way they play the game and 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 the, and the respect they show for the game. How highly held they are. Mitch Marsh is everything you want in a cricketer. He's loyal. He's a great teammate. He's very talented. And I just thought it was fantastic that he he. But for some reason, I can't understand why there's been this criticism of Mitch Marsh whenever he's been picked. Mitch Master, Mitch Master is not a selector. He gets yeah. he gets picked in his own side and he plays. And I just well done to everyone who stuck with him. They, he was dropped for one of the games. I think it was a game against England when we got beat, and we lost it. And yeah. quickly they realised we need this guy. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. A great result for a very loyal person. The, 
a person like Mitch Marsh is so valuable in the side. Yes, if he does really well, that's a bonus. But I think you can tell the way all the other teammates got around him, how popular and how delighted everyone was for Mitch Marsh. And good on him. I was so glad for him. It was fantastic. And just I'll go back to that second semi-final, to the semi-final, Matt. Now, we in a, all us cricket punters and commentators and the like, we all like the, you know, the Shane Warne ball of the century, yep. et cetera, et cetera. I reckon we saw the T20 shot of the century. The six that Matthew Wade hit, the first of three in a row to bring Australia home, the execution of that rant shot was, I think it was almost 100% perfect, about a speed of 150 k's coming at him. He put it over fine leg fence for six. We needed the six at that point in time, Matt, and there was only one way that that type of delivery could get hit for six, and it was an audacious ramp shot. Well, McWady absolutely nailed it. So, yeah, brilliant. It was breathtaking stuff. Absolutely, yeah, well done, the Aussies. Uh, I thought the, the two semis and the final were just great stuff. And well done to the Kiwis. Um, we, I'll, it's funny, Australia dominate New Zealand in cricket like the All Blacks dominate the Wallabies yeah. in the Union. So, but a great result, Matty. Absolutely wrapped for the lads. And, and well worth staying up till till 4am. A, a really good LinkedIn post, too, from Justin Langer after the game, highlighting the fact that it was the travelling reserves, the likes of the Nathan Ellis's, the Josh Inglis's, the DR yep. Sams's, that were raced onto the field and embraced uh, in, the, in the winning moments. And for those guys over there, didn't get to play in the game, but the sheer elation and joy. I said you could feel the love through the television just watching yeah, it. You could just yeah. see how much it meant to all of them and how yep. how genuinely happy they were for MR Marsh and to see him get the job done in those circumstances. It says a lot about where Australian cricket is at at the moment. And when you've got a culture where the success of others is celebrated in that manner, you're not as – you still com- everyone's still comp- competing for a spot in the team, but you're not sort of seeing the other guys as a threat. You're seeing, yeah. you're seeing it as healthy competition to bring the best out of yourself. And I, I really feel like they've got that balance right there at the moment. And well done yep. to Justin Langer and all the support staff uh, because Australian cricket is is very well placed for an Ashes series, Robbie. And the Ashes yep. squad has been announced and it's impressive. It's a, it's a very good list of you players. Like I do like the look of the list. And I particularly liked a couple of the names in the Australia A list. And... Oh. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to oh, say, <laughs> can I just say, I was, I was at work, I was at work the other day and, and my phone pinged and it was one of our loyal listeners, Luke, uh, on Twitter and he tagged me in a tweet and I didn't have a time, I didn't have time to look at it straight away and then later that afternoon, I've clicked on it and there was mention of BE Street and I'm thinking, Ooh. what's... What's BE Street in the news for at the moment? And Luke, obviously being a loyal listener, knows how much uh, Bryce Street's work gets appreciated here. 
and then there was a, the link to the Australia A squad, and I was I was over the moon. Um, and I was also very impressed to see a product of the Central West, Henry Hunt, getting yeah. named in that Australia A squad as well. So, yeah, forget some of the other names in in the Ashes squad. I just I just I just thought that that Australia A list uh, would be pleasing to all of our listeners uh, around the globe. Well, Matt, and, and on that, I'll, I'll throw another one at you. Um, One-sixth of the T20 World Cup team of the tournament come from uh, country New South Wales. Oh, yes, I did see that on Twitter as well. That was doing the yeah. rounds after after you brought that to our attention. Uh, J. Hazelwood J. and Zampa. Yeah, mm. J.R. Hazelwood, A. Zampa, Bendemir Bullet. Josh Hazelwood uh, and Adam Zampa. Did you have a bit to do with him as he was coming through the ranks, Robbie? No. The only thing, only accidental pathway that we ran into, I happened to be uh, coaching the New South Wales country under 17 at the time, and Adam Zampa was in that side. So uh, as was Nick Maddinson and Chris Tremaine. So, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, time, timing was a good thing. And I actually happened to knock over the City Slickers. Oh. Uh, took out took out the Brett League Cup for the first time. So, but yeah, it was nice to have them. But uh, it was, yeah. And the other thing, Matty, just looking at that Australia A side, mm-hmm. um, Matt Renshaw is back in the mix. M.T. Renshaw, yes. Yeah. And I'm also delighted. Great to see Nick Maddinson there as well. And. Mitchell Marsh, because yeah. I look, I call me call me crazy, court you like. There's something, there's a big something in me that I would have been tempted to play Mitchell Marsh in the first Test match. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see Mitchell Marsh make it play in the Boxing Day Test, and he when he comes out the bat in front of maybe eighty or ninety or hundred thousand people, can you imagine the reception he would get when everyone starts? you know, honouring for what he did in that T20 World Cup final. How oh, good would that be? That would be outstanding. And, uh, R- Robbie, I, I was going to say, sorry, I- I'm just harping back on Bryce Street here. You, yeah, you, go you, for it. You bumped into AIC Dottomay down at the Melbourne Cricket mm-hmm. Ground recently. Did he mention if he's a, a loyal listener of the Cricket Library Weekly, perhaps <laughs> in some research for him as a newly appointed Australian selector, do you think he would have been listening some previous episodes and that it well, somehow, somehow, somehow he's come across our views on that? Or do you think he's extremely, he'd probably be pretty impartial and probably wouldn't be swayed by podcasts like ours, I'm thinking early on? I'm not sure if he, my recollection of our conversation was, um, Robbie, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was about it. No, no, he, he was with. He was with talking. He actually joined us for lunch because we had Merv Hughes with us. Yeah, uh, Brucey Eva and Bryce McGain were having a, a commentary break at lunchtime. Yeah, and Do- Tony Dottomay was next door in the in one of the commentary booths, just watching the play. You know, as a as an Australian sector, which I think he starts on Monday officially. Okay. Um, I've got a little yeah. letter I might um, have to circulate to him on oh, Monday. That could be a good way for him to start, actually. <laughs> oh, I love that letter of yours. But, yeah, no, he um, he was there having a look. So, But, no, I didn't, didn't mention it. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Good to see. Uh, great to see Joe Richardson back in there, too. Um, 
and yeah, Uzi Kawaja. Yeah. So it's good, good competitive squad. That Australia A side, as you said, there's some there's some real um, up and comers there. No, it's good. There's a good hey. There's a great feel about Australian cricket again all of a sudden. Yeah, there certainly is, Robbie, and it's fantastic to see. Um, Sheffield Shield coming up as well, uh, a milestone game for mm. the great P.M. Neville. Uh, he's he's going to play his 100th Shield game for New South Wales at the Sydney Cricket Ground, commencing tomorrow morning, uh, being Friday the 19th of November. Uh, over over 5,000 runs for New South Wales. Only the ninth New South Wales player in the history to go past that 5,000-run milestone. Uh, career high of 235 not out, 10 centuries, 27 half centuries, 305 catches with the gloves, and the most capped New South Wales skipper of all time leading the Blues. In Is that right? Front. Yeah, 43 times leading New South Wales wow. in, in the baggy blues. So... Uh, we're, we're both uh, obviously very, uh, very strong advocates for PM Neville's work, and um, yeah. we're, we're we're thrilled that he has this opportunity to to play game number one hundred there at the SCG. L- love to see him uh, lead New South Wales to a victory. They've had a, a pretty tough run in the last two Shield games against Victoria, and uh, be a, a great test for the Blues. They're back at their home ground in Sydney at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So we'll be following that one closely, Robbie. Yeah, and I'll just echo all those words. So just one of the real nice guys in Australian cricket, Peter Neville. In fact, that's, I think that was one of the reasons why he got dropped, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it, it, it well, some saying that he, his career ended because he wasn't verbally aggressive towards his opponents. So anyway, but um, no, yeah. 100 games coming up. Most caps, Skipper, that's a stat that... Um, that I wasn't aware of, Matty. So, yeah, and but above all, he'll be looking, not only himself, but he'll be looking for a much improved effort from the New South Welshman. Victoria have absolutely dominated the Blues in those first two matches. Maybe a case of third-time lucky for the... And just the other one, I was surprised, Peter Hanscom, who's in good form, uh, might have got a spot in that Australia race side, but uh, he wouldn't be too far away. Yeah, that's right, Robbie. So, shield action coming up. The SCG, New South Wales v Victoria. Looking forward to that one. We um, we also had a Marsh One Day Cup game on during the week as well. I uh, should mention too, with regards to Sheffield Shield, uh, Tassie v WA, that one coming up starting 21 November and South Australia yep. v the Queensland Bulls starting 23 November. So... The good, the good news is these games are staggered, Robbie. This is an absolute masterstroke. You've got yeah, you, you, yeah. You've got a good chance over the next week to be just uh, engrossing yourself in uh, Mar Sheffield Shield action. So that's that's really good to see. Hopefully, we'll we'll have plenty of first day cricket, uh, first class cricket going on for us to enjoy, and then of course followed up by Marsh Cup. 24 November, New South Wales v Vic, 26 November, Tassie v WA, and 28 November, SA v Queensland. And that game that was completed, a pretty high-scoring one, Robbie. WA winning by 70 runs. Of course, the New South Wales-Victoria game getting abandoned without a ball being bowled, as you suspected might happen. Um, 
yep. with your knowledge of Melbourne weather. But Cam Bancroft, mm. player of the match, uh, setting the setting the tone nicely. 124 not out for WA in their three for 361. Two wickets for James Baisley. Uh, that was probably the tail of the tape there. And Ashton Turner again, 71 not out from 41. And good player, mate. He's a, yeah. he's a very, very good yeah. player. Very yep. good player. Uh, Cam Green, 70. And then Queensland in reply just weren't able to, to get the required run rate up high enough when they needed it. But some good good runs in the middle from Joey Burns and Jimmy Pearson. Um, nasty knock on Jimmy the helmet Pearson. for Jimmy Pearson mm. as well. Yeah. Did, did you see that one? That was, yeah. yeah North, a nasty blue. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, yeah, might be the Kenny Grigg there. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, but all round, um, yeah, Manus, oh, Manus Love Shame was so disappointed. He missed out. He chopped one on for 20. He was looking great. Matty Renshaw was the same. Um, he went out for 36. But yeah, a good high scoring game. But um, WA, when you make 361, Matt, you don't lose too many 50 over games, do you? No, you definitely don't. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't, but. A, a really good oh, and Matt, Yeah. Oh, the other good news is too, the great to see the WNTL uh, draw oh, is now pictures yes. out too, which is which is fantastic news. That um, and the good news is that it is going to be great preparation ahead of the Ashes series, the, the women's Ashes series, Matty. So that that is really good. Uh, Timing couldn't be to, better. Yeah. No, a, a game will kick off down at the Junction Oval, uh, Victoria versus ACT, December sixteenth. Three days later, how about this for a mouth-watering contest at the Junction Oval again, or the City Power Centre, mm. Victoria and New South Wales, Sunday, December the 19th. That uh, should be a beauty. Oh, course, that'll be Sunday, cool. December 19th, uh, R.T. Ponting's birthday. It is too. And and the an, <laughs> the anniversary of D.R. Sams's uh, Big Bash career starting. Something there with Sandy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, mark that one on your calendars now that there's WNCL yeah. on. My word, that's going to be a busy day at the Burrabeen office. Oh, and of course, Matty, all those games are WNCL. All games being live streamed, which is fantastic on KO Sports or the Cricket Australia app. So that's brilliant stuff. Great work there from Cricket Australia. Oh, as always, Robbie, they, they've done a tremendous job with the coverage and, and seeing some of those games flick over to KO as well as the CA app, uh, absolute masterstroke for cricket lovers like us. Hey, Robbie, how about we have a break? Some some really exciting news. Loyal listener, avid cricketer, Sam from Bankstown, Samantha from Bankstown. Had oh, yeah. A, she had a call. From our oh. man, Mr. Fiction, and I, I, I have actually listened to what we're about to play, Robbie, and Mr. Fact and Fact or Fiction himself makes an error at the start. He he says no. to, he says to Sam that it's episode four, but I my, my recollections are we've had R. B. McKinlay, we've had Chick. Jack Clifton, Chick. Elliot from New Zealand. Yeah. And Peter, Peter from, from Barabadine. So That's Samantha, right. maybe he's just wanting to understate how popular his series is yeah, and well, to get to get five episodes. But um, 
huge. Was it held in the library or was it outside the library? This was done. This was done via telephone, mm-hmm. and uh, I know you had a word to Matt about trying to kind of just rein himself in a little bit, but we'll let our listeners be the judges to whether he's yep. been able to achieve that. My early impressions were perhaps uh, a bit aggressive. We, we may need to, we may need to sit him down, but um, yeah, we'll we'll play that for you just after this break. Uh, we'll be back with fact or fiction, and then after that, uh, Robbie and I'll chat through the latest in the WBBL and some great stats coming through WBBL related stats coming through from our librarian in Orange. Stay with us on the cricket. Library Weekly. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here with a world premiere exclusive airing of a brand new quiz show, Fact or Fiction. One minute of absolute madness as I ask rapid fire true and false questions and our contestant has to decipher and determine if the statement I make is a fact or is it fiction? Let's see how we go. It's time to play the game. And joining us for this fourth edition, I think, of Fact or Fiction, it's Samantha from Bankstown. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I hope you're not too nervous. Robbie McKinlay had a little word to me and said, I need to tone things down. But this is exciting. We don't get to do this every day. It's rapid fire, true and false questions. Are you ready to go? Can't wait. Bring it on. Okay. We just need to wait one more little moment. The music will start in the background. The tension will build. The suspense will be like nothing you've ever experienced on or off the cricket field. And it's about to start right now. Here it comes. D.L. Solway was born in Hurstville. Fact. Correct. A.K. Gardner's highest ODI score is higher than her highest T20 score. Fact. Oh, that's fiction. SR War took more test match wickets than ME War. Correct! Sarah Ailey has taken more WBBL wickets than Heather Graham. Oh, that's fiction. Graham went ahead this season. Sarah Ailey, why'd you retire? WJ Holdsworth, highest list day score, 49 not out. Fiction. Oh, that's fact. Holly Furling's played for three WBBL clubs. Fact. Correct! DA Warner's made more ducks than AJ Finch in T20 Internationals. Fact. Oh, that's fiction. Matali Raj has batted 199 times in ODIs. Oh, let me just check with the producer. Just in time. It's correct. Well done. Samantha from Bankstown. I'm not sure how many you got correct, but boy, you did a good job. But it was like it was about 50-50, which I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh, in, in, in questions like this, true or false, you're on the spot. You're thinking, Sarah Ailey, what a player. What a citizen. What a servant of the game. Surely she's taken more wickets than Heather Graham. But little did you know that it's up to date right to this minute, not before WBBL 07. It's right now. 
So things like yeah, that. I should know that you know those things, Patrick. Oh, I'm a librarian. It's my job. It's my duty to society to know those things. But Sam, well done. Thanks for being a contestant. Now, has your cricket season started yet? Are you playing again this summer? I am playing again, and we kicked off yesterday, actually, Matt. How'd it go? We got the win. Yes, the win. you beauty. Well done, Bankstown. And no doubt plenty more W's in that column coming up. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sam from Bankstown, a loyal listener of the Cricket Library Weekly and a very worthy contestant. Thanks for playing the game. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness, Robbie. Oh, Matt. Matt. Was, was that a grilling? Well, the thing is, it puts the fear of God before, before they start. Like, it's almost like it's just gonna it's, it's gonna be the most pressure thing and and I look he has toned it down a bit with the questioning during the mid one minute but oh, but oh well I'll I'll just I'll give him a little bit of feedback on that. But I I well done Samantha from Bankstown held up pretty well despite the pressure. Do, oh. do you reckon Matt Fiction might be a Sarah Ailey fan? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, model citizen? Oh, no. Well, anyway, guess what? Uh, Peter from Barabadine still has the yellow jacket. He does. He did very well. And I tell you what, the list of inquiries coming into the library is extensive. I think I've, okay. got, I've got a number of fool's cap pages full of names. Oh. Yeah. Of people banging down the door uh, to, to have their opportunity. What is, what's the selection process in and around that, Matt? Who gets next week? That's a good is question. That fiction? It is does. fiction making that call? I think it comes down to, to loyalty. Uh, Sam has oh, been, yeah. uh, Sam's been a very loyal listener for a very long time. Um, and I feel like that, that there's some sort of, uh, Rite of passage, so to speak. She has sent a postcard in on Matt's mailbag. Oh, there you go. Sort of done, on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Done, done the right yeah. things there. But at the same time, um, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows who, who he's trying to contact? Like he could be ringing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the kind of guy that's ringing Cricket Australia and demanding to speak to someone. Of importance, yeah. And I, I wonder if um, someone from Cadbury was to put a little jockey voucher in the mail with it, the request would they get looked at favourably? Oh, I think <laughs> I think they'd get looked at very, very favourably <laughs> if there was there was a little bit of influence there on the side. But yeah. uh, um, uh, one of our favourite section uh, segments on the show, uh, absolutely yeah. breaking breaking the internet on YouTube. You can you can hear individual uh, episodes on YouTube there. And I had a message from Francis uh, over over in Newcastle and he was saying that it was top shelf. And he, I, could, I could just uh, visualise lots of people in absolute stitches listening to Matt Fiction and possibly a lot of people just thinking, what the heck have, have we just heard there? But either way... This? Either way, it's um, it's been a great addition to the Cricket Library Weekly, as has our stats coming in from the Orange Library, Robbie, and some great ones coming through 
this week. I put in a little inquiry around the WBBL. Uh, first of all, yeah. let's start off with um, Lily Mills because we'd had this we'd had this request come through. Cricket Library on Twitter did did circulate some intel uh, for those out there that were interested. Uh, at the Brisbane Heat before moving to the Perth Scorchers, part of the very, very oh, yeah. loved Sandgate Redcliffe District Cricket Club. Um, yep. That's the home club of BE Street and MJ Swepson as well. Um, they debuted for the Heat in WBBL 05, took a catch, didn't get a bowl in that game, but got herself on onto the field. Uh, made a debut for Queensland uh, Fire in the WNCL against New South Wales, 2020-21. Uh, uh, three for 36 in the final against Victoria uh, last year as well. Big wicket of, I think she got the big wicket of Elise Villani in that game. Elise Villani yeah. was scoring yep. runs like they were going out of fashion uh, in the WBBL, of course. Oh, not the WBBL, in the WNCL last summer. Uh, and then she made her Premier Cricket debut at age fourteen, yes, yes. So she's and she's got one hundred and twelve wickets at twenty one point seven in Queensland Premier Cricket with a best bowling of five for seven. So that would explain that she is someone well credentialed to come into the WBBL and make an impression like she has. And um, my extensive query to the library uh, in Orange was around how the Australian players were performing in WBBL this year versus the rest of the world, uh, the imports. And on the batting front, the shining light at the top. Now, this was this was sent through to us on Tuesday, so it's not up to the minute, okay. but it's up to, uh, I think it was sent through on Tuesday or Wednesday, certainly before uh, Smirti Mandana scored her 100 yesterday. So there, there's some compelling data here. Beth Mooney and Grace Harris, the top two run scorers as of then. Uh, then you've got Devine, Redmayne. Oh, sh- oh, sorry, I should be saying the, init- the initials here. BL Mooney, rank one. GM Harris, rank two. SFM Devine, rank three. GP Redmayne, four. EA Perry, five. H Core six, J I Rodrigues seven, M Dupree eight, L Wolver nine, R H Priest ten. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so what we've got there out of out of the top ten, there's been three centuries, mm. and and if you add Mandana last night, oh yes, yeah. Only that, that's four. Only twenty five percent of the centuries have come from Australian players. Maddie, that's the top twenty. You said the top twenty for me. So Meg Lanning wasn't in that top twenty. Meg Lanning's not in the top twenty. Um, so I'll, I'll keep going. We've got Wolf. All right. Uh, yeah. D. Yeah. D. Vanikirk, eleven. E. J. Villani, twelve. T. M. McGrath, thirteen. S. Mandana, fourteen. I'd say she's gone right up the well, rankings. Yeah, she'd be if, third actually. She goes to three. She goes about three. She'd be second. Yeah. Yeah. Now, KM Mack, yourself, Mm -hmm. myself, the uh, our librarian from Orange and Luke from Wagga Wagga, we had a net with KM Mack, and Mm. gee, it is pleasing to see her scoring runs. She has been 
working exceptionally hard at her game for a very long period of time up the top of the order. And to see the fruit of her labour come to fruition uh, in this WBBL, it's been a wonderful campaign for KM Mack. Um, and it it's so satisfying to see her doing so well and just churning out the runs at the moment. She'd be... She'd be uh, over 300 now, I think, after after that match yesterday as well. Yep. So yep. Uh, Phoebe Litchfield in there, uh, Georgia Vol, AJ Healy, N.E. Bolton, and then A.K. Gardner uh, coming in at number 20 on the list. So in that top 20, Robbie, eight are international players. Yep. But only five from the Australian T20 team who played India. Which, yeah, okay. is, which is possibly yeah. understandable in that um, in that your top six, you'd hope your top six would all yeah. be in there. So it's only only one of the top six potentially not on that so, list. Matt, did did the um, our resident librarian in Orange, Matt, did he send through strike rates with that as well? Uh, we have got. No, we've got, we've, we've got averages, not strike rates. No, we don't, yeah, have, okay. don't have the strike rates yeah. there. Uh, maybe on, just, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe just we've seen a, just a chink in the armour <laughs> out of orange. Well, maybe. <laughs> I, maybe, I'd maybe, say that with, yeah. maybe. Maybe our friend in the orange library has been spending too many times uh, recording how many balls B.E. Street has faced that he's just run out of, yeah. he's just run out of steam. But uh, yeah. top 10 wicket takers, on the other hand, Australia performing yeah. much better with the ball, with Australians filling the top eight. That's that's really yep. good. That's that's really it good. It is too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then four four of them are Australian regulars. So, Jonathan, Darlington, Brown and Strano in the top seven. Uh, and then Harman Preet Corps, the only international player. Uh, filling in that in in that top ten on the on the bowling chart. Yeah. So, gee, what odds? What odds would you have given Meg Lang to be outside the top twenty for, for runs oh. at this point in the of the tournament? Yeah, I, I don't. And know. I believe that she's only just out to like twenty one. But um, yeah, uh, interesting stat. And and then um, just on the bowling, E. A. Perry thirty seventh on the list for bowlers. Uh, five wickets oh, okay. at 28.8 with an economy of 7.57. So there's the economy right yeah. there. And then yep. 14 bowlers have an economy rate of six or under with G. Wareham the best at 3.71. And unfortunately, Georgia Wareham injuring her knee yeah. and likely to be out for the summer. So, well, yeah, out out for, for quite an extended period of time recovering there as well. So some some good data and good to hear more about Lily Mills. Uh, uh, fantastic to hear that she is out of the Sandgate Redcliffe stables up there in Queensland. And just showing as well, uh, there are some players that are putting their name out there in terms of the Australian the Australian uh, setup come this summer. It's great to see competition for places in the team. It will only yeah. make. It'll only make the overall standard better. Hey, uh, Matt, just, just want to whip back here while you're giving WBBL stats there. 
So just looking back at the WBBL, um, it would appear now that the, the top four is almost decided, I believe. I, I can't, I don't know if it'll change. Oh, and yeah. I know this is, I know, I'm not sure if you were going to raise this, but I think we're going to be fair here, Matt. Um, yeah. Your thoughts there, looks. I think Melbourne Stars have got a very minuscule chance, but it's all over for both Sydney sides, I believe, Matt. And unfortunately, we're out of time for this week's edition <laughs> of the Cricket Library Weekly. It's been wonderful having your company as always. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, oh, no I, I'm, I'm, re- right. I'm ready, ready to face the music here. Um, unfortunately, two, two washouts have cost the Thunder a chance at playing finals. They had a washout, yeah, against, yeah. A washout against the Sixers and a washout against the Perth Scorchers. And I think oh. the fact the fact that we beat oh sorry, I keep saying we. Uh, the fact the fact that the Thunder defeated the Sixers the only time they played, I feel like that other washout should go mm-hmm. to a win. And and yeah. I feel like I feel like conversely, the fact that the Scorchers beat the Thunder and then their next game was washed out. I, I feel like that game should be replayed. Oh, that'll, is, is that is that fair play. or that'll make the fixtures? Yeah, we could have a situation here, Matt. Just looking at just mark down November twenty in the calendar. Yeah, Barrier Arena and Mackay. How about play Sydney Thunder, and that could well decide um, who finishes bottom of the table. And there may well be the very last game in the home and away of of the weather 07 WBBL is Adelaide versus Melbourne Stars. Yes. But for that game to still be alive, Sixers will have to beat the Strikers. Yep. And Melbourne Stars will have to beat the Scorchers. So I'm not the day before. Not Yeah, so that's that's the only way it could play out. But Matt, who do you like? Come on. You, you, you were very accurate with your T20 World Cup predictions. Who do you think is going to lift the Weber barbecue? Trophy? Well, just go back to... Oh. Let's just go back. I, could, I, I won't dig out the audio to bore people, but I think you asked me at the start of the tournament who I mm-hmm. liked, and obviously the Thunder is who I like, but if I had to pick another team... Who, who did I say? Do you remember? I think you might have said the team in red from Melbourne, the I Renegades. Did. I did. And, well, they're uh, on top of the table. And who did I say would be key? Uh, was it Sophie Molyneux? Mm, yeah, she, her captaincy was going to be key, but I also said Harmon Preet Kaur and Jamal oh, Rodriguez yeah. were the two players yeah, yeah. I was most excited about. And I know it's still early. Like, regular season is the regular season. Uh, and... Not a lot of that really counts when you when you get to the finals, uh, but I, I just think things are shaping nicely for the yep. Renegades. But gee, the Perth Scorchers look dangerous. Peter from Burrabedeen signalled them out last week on Fact or Fiction as a real threat to the competition. Yep. Yep. So, I'm with Pete. Yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think for obvious reasons they're 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 highly fancied. So yeah, there you go. But 
but it's going to be what a cracking finish to to Weber oh. WBBL07, Robbie. So many, so many happy moments in there. Uh, a fair amount of disappointment uh, for some some supporters, but I think I think on the whole. Uh, a wonderful tournament and really looking forward to the business end of the competition. Well, Matt, get ready for it because Saturday week, uh, in what are we, nine days time, we'll be having the final. Yeah. There you go. So it's going to happen real quick. So we'll probably get a preview in next week. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, if we, if we catch well, up again. What, what are we, we about 10 to 10 p.m. on, on a Thursday? I'm sure we can yeah. get a, a preview in next week for people. They haven't got a confirmed start time for that second semi-final so we may um we may be looking the, the first semi-final i believe is on the 24th of november okay and then we've got the, the next day the 25th which will be a thursday, thursday. night so yeah. wednesday night and thursday night and then the final of course is on a saturday and sure it'll be a saturday evening or a saturday afternoon depends where it is if, if well well it won't be in perth i don't or will it might be in perth and then that yeah so that that's that might be an evening game, an afternoon game in Perth, which becomes an evening game over here on the Eastern Seaboard. Who knows, Matt? There are smarter uh, people <laughs> than you and I who are doing the fixturing. Oh. And I'll tell you one thing that CA are good at is doing fixturing because the poor buggers over the last two years have, have had to just about schedule every possible scenario to get seasons completed and fixturing completed. And haven't they done a good job? It's been They have, mate. It's simple as that. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been agile. I think is the uh, oh, the like official that. lingo word for that. Oh, now, do we have time for just a very very quick Matt's mailbag? Throw one at me. Okay, so this one came in. Uh, this will shock you. This has come in from New Zealand. I won't say who, but uh, one of our loyal listeners in New Zealand has said, "Who is the next fast bowling cab off the rank, so to speak?" Oh yeah. So mm, so who well, who do we think? Oh well, I think Jai Richardson now. By the way, the selectors have have thrown him into that squad of fifteen. Uh, but but keep an eye on a couple who are outside that in the Australia A. You've got Sean Abbott and Scott Boland. Yeah. I, I, I think I said in the last week's show, Matty, that for mine Scott Boland becomes an absolute must play Boxing at the MCG test. Yeah. Boxing Day. From what I saw in that Shield game, uh, for those for that that particular ground and conditions, what I saw, he bowls so well at that stadium. I think I, I think we'd be, you know, well, look. Hopefully, our bowls are on fire and fit, but we'll be looking for a change around about then. Scotty bowling for mine, but Jai Richardson uh, will be putting a lot of pressure on. I reckon he'll play. I reckon he might play a test out of the first two. There you go. There you, there you go. Yep, there's a prediction. There's a bold prediction from Robbie McKinlay. No, yep. no fence sitting from RB McKinlay. He loves to get a a good, a good bold prediction out there from time to time. Oh. So, I hope that that has received well across the ditch. Um, and yes, I think I think it is time for us to go now, Robbie. Uh, looking forward to the Sheffield Shield. And looking forward to catching up with you again in about a week's time. Being a weekly podcast, I'm pretty sure we can pencil that in for next Thursday night. Thanks again to all our loyal listeners. This has been Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.